I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Get up to 30% off wedding jewelry at bluenile.com. And remember the joy of your wedding day forever. Blue Nile offers everything from diamond and lab-grown diamond wedding bands to classic pearls, earrings you can design yourself, even gorgeous sapphire pieces for your something blue. Whatever you choose, Blue Nile's pieces are all graded for excellence, for a lasting memento as brilliant as the love that inspired it. Right now, get up to 30% off at BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Hi guys, welcome back to the Spurred On podcast. We're recording this Wednesday night, but this is going to go out on Thursday. It's just a kind of catch up of all the latest Spurs news and with me on the channel to talk about our magnificent club and all that's going on. It's Sonny from Sonny Talk Spurs. How are you, mate? I'm very, very good. Uh, Looking forward to my debut on your channel, on the podcast as well. Excited to talk about some good Spurs stuff. This season has been fantastic so far, so very, very excited. Exactly. And guys, if you're not already subscribed to Sonny Talk Spurs, go over to them. It's in the description box or search for it in your YouTube search box. Just give him a subscribe. It's great content maker. But let's get started. And I wanted to talk about something that's potentially controversial. There seems to me, Sonny, a little bit of a kind of change in the narrative, not like throughout the whole fan base, but certainly a little bit on whether potentially Daniel Levy isn't as much of a pariah as a lot of the Spurs fan base think. Now that we're seeing all of these kind of uh, PSR and FFP charges coming and and not much money being spent this January, people are starting to say, wait, hold on. Has he actually got this right in the long term? Worth asking you, I think, Sonny, what are your feelings on him overall? And, you know, is this a time where Tottenham can really start to look up and maybe we will be spending more than other clubs? I mean, when it comes to Daniel Levy over the years, I've been very on the fence about him. I think some of his footballing decisions have been questionable. I mean, most fans were not happy about Jose Marino being sacked up into the lead up of a final, but I myself didn't mind it too much because Jose was being quite, uh, you know, he was a problem at the club. And the football and was then, appalling, wasn't it? Let's face and it. That's the thing. I mean, it had to be done, but then there's other things where, you know, we didn't spend for a calendar year. Uh, but then on the flip side, I think Daniel Levy is one of the best businessmen in football. Just look at our stadium, look at our training ground, state of the art. You know, he has been very savvy in that. Even having the, you know, now to 
go for Ange Postacoglu when many were criticising him, takes a lot of, you know, balls from him, uh, to pardon my French. But I do think now we're seeing a different iteration of Daniel Levy. We're seeing, like, you know, this time last year and a bit further forward in the months, lots of protests, lots of anger from the Spurs fan base. I don't know if you were went over Spurs much last season, Barnaby, but I went I, to I the was, I was I was there, Sonny, but I wasn't part of the protest. <laughs> yeah, but even, like... I went to the Arsenal and West Ham games, notably, and the toxicity around the club was, you know, it, it, it was like a cauldron most weeks. And that was mainly all aimed at Daniel Levy um, and obviously Summer Conte as well. But, you know, obviously Ange coming in and injecting his persona and personality into the football club has lifted spirits and not many people are calling for Levy out. There will always be a certain fan base, uh, members of the fan base who will always be Levy out. But, now with you know him bringing in Johan Lang, using Fabio Paratici in whatever capacity that is now, yeah, <laughs> uh, you know he's got a secret one indeed yeah. from his prison cell. Um, yeah. I think this new Daniel Levy era seems quite interesting, and coinciding with the whole Enoch stuff, you know that happened a few months back as well, is quite interesting to see what the direction of uh, the football club can go in. Yeah, and I think you alluded to it, but isn't it just the case that if people are willing to blame Daniel Levy every time? you know, a, let's say, in inverted commas, win now manager is getting bad results. But the same way, or in the same way, you have to give him credit for the fact that, you know, Ange Postacoglu was a dangerous, you know, it was a dangerous appointment because he hadn't managed in a top, you know, what's deemed to be a top league. Sure, he'd won a lot of trophies, but, you know, if we'd lost our first three matches, then for sure Daniel Levy would be copying all of it. So I do kind of think you have to give him props where, where he deserves them. Exactly. And I, I, at the time, when he appointed Mourinho and Conte, I understood his mentality around that. Me too, yeah. I thought, you know, we've got this squad, players at the peak of their pals in the likes of Kane, Sun, let's try and win now. And, you know, it, it does annoy me, this whole, like, Tottenham need a trophy, because it seems to weigh down on the club. And it probably weighs down on Levy. You know, he's got the whole of a, a fan base and rivals all acting like, you know, oh, you think you're a big club, all this sort of thing, but you haven't won anything since, you know, haven't won an FA Cup since 91 and the League Cup since 2008-09. So you've got that sort of pressure. Mm. And, you know, and, and, but then there are some fan base who go, well, wait a minute, I'm old enough to remember when Tottenham were in a relegation battle, mid-table fodder. You know, we've earned our right to be where we are in and around the top, six big we are in the big six financially mm-hmm. and we've got to champions league finals and that is because of levy he has done that he has you know funded the success you could say even if it hasn't brought mm-hmm. that much silverware but as i say with this sort of new role that he seems to be stepping back and just sort of you know letting the people around him dictate i think that seems like it's going to be a good success. Let him sort the go-kart in arena, you know, let him sort the business, let him bring Beyonce to the stadium. Yeah. That's where he succeeds. Well, joking aside, you know, it, it, based on a, an article written this morning in The Athletic, you know, that kind of the beyonce ification of the stadium and the go-karting and all of that kind of stuff is what is going to take our kind of uh, stadium revenue, match day stadium revenue and through the week stadium revenue above Manchester United at the top in terms of the Premier League. And when we're talking about this January, us being having the only Premier League club to have spent any money so far, it's that kind of thing that is enabler, enabling us to, to kind of speculate, to accumulate. And that's, you know, that's a reason why, once again, I'll say this, I say probably quite a lot on here, but it's like, I think it's a matter when it comes to the, 
to the chairman and to Enoch of be careful what you wish for, because you look at Todd Bowley, you look at, you know, the Glazers, you look at, you know, how many Randy learners there've been or, or various kind of across the league, Asian um, investors, you know, Reading now who, who can't get control of their club are in danger of going out of business. Um, you know, it's one thing saying, you know, get Levy out, get Enoch out because we haven't won something. But it's another thing where no, nobody who's ever said that has ever been able to say to me when I've asked who they mm. want to come in, who they know will do a better job. And I just think, you know, a lot of what you said today is what I would put down as dangerous common sense that a corner of the the Spurs Twitter fan base would not appreciate. But I am in full <laughs> agreement with basically pretty much everything you're saying. Okay, so I'm going to move on to the next thing, which is, I don't know if you saw this, but uh, Tim Sherwood has, has made a bizarre kind of time or chosen a bizarre time to double down on his abuse of the defensive side of Pedro Porro, considering it's just come after uh, Pedro stuck one in the top bin against Burnley. Uh, yes, maybe he was at fault for a couple of goals in the last game, uh, certainly for one of them. But I think certainly Porro gives us more on the field uh, both ways than it then needed to talk about him in terms of a negative play. In fact, I know a lot of people have been saying that maybe he's been our best player this season. How do you feel about him? Well, I did a video a couple of months ago calling him one of our most underrated players because, you know, everyone will talk about Madison when he's in the side, Benton Court when he's come back, you know, these sort of, you know, luxury players, you could say, maybe not in a normal footballing sense. But Poro's just been incredible because he had a lot of, you know, pressure on as well seems to be using the p word quite a lot sure. because he came into this squad or came into this team in a january transfer window this time last year and looked like he was a player for another manager he was set to play in a back three then this summer we knew when Ange came in he likes to play a back four and we had two fullbacks because destiny Adogi is the same who are com more comfortable in a back three back five system whatever you want to call it so he did have that. And then there were some people saying, well, could he play in a midfield eight role? Could he play on the wing? Where is this guy going to fit? Emerson Royale's at the club, Jed Spence. You know, we've got so many fullbacks. But he's sort of been perfect in that position. I mean, you highlight Manchester United, but he grew into that game. He got an assist. He, you know, Rashford was proving tricky. But there's been games this season where he has been impressive in an attacking and defensive uh, sense. Yeah. I saw Tim Sherwood's comments and he said about how he has lacked defensively, but I still think that's quite harsh to, you know, hit him with that stick, especially after the weekend where you he's probably got more ammo to use that. But if you're going over the, all the games so far this season, Poro has been fundamental to this team. The fullbacks have been fundamental to this team. Having to invert and be comfortable to receive the ball in midfield and then attack is incredible. I think him and the Dogie deserve a lot of praise. And, you know, some people are even saying, are they rivaling Walker and Rose as our best mm. fullback pairing? Which I mm -hmm. think is quite an interesting debate to have. Yeah. And I think, um, I think when we've had a lot of these injuries and suspensions, having Udogi and uh, Poro available to do that inverted role has actually allowed us to continue to make chances. Whereas, you know, let's say we were stuck with, um, you know, Emerson Royal and, and Ben Davis, that, that wouldn't be happening. And I completely agree with that. I also think he's really improved his kind of back stick kind of covering and marking, which was something that he wasn't great at at the start. So, you know, there's a little bit with me with Tim Sherwood where I think Tim has, no, I was going to say maybe he's become, actually, I, I think he's probably always been very forthright and kind of says it exactly the as he feels it on the first thing that comes into his mind. Uh, but I'm not sure in this one whether he's really got all of the research and uh, maybe he hasn't been watching all, all of the games because it, it doesn't really ring totally true to me anyway. Yeah, I, I feel like it's very much reactionary punditry 
from him. I mean, he did well sort of criticising in... I forgot what game it was he was when he sort of called him out on Soccer it was his Saturday. First, it was his first ever game. It was Poro's first ever game. I think it was... And that's just unbelievable. Yeah, I can't remember what it was. It was certain, I can't remember which game it was, but it was certainly his first one after last January's signing. So... Yeah, and the worst but... the worst thing I got was um, my my friend in my group chat. Where there was a game, I think it was Wolves last season, where he said something. Oh, poro has been good, and then I I tuned into the game like on a dodgy stream, and he made two mistakes. I was like, yeah, he doesn't look that good. So since then, my mate's been labeling me as the Tim Sherwood of the group chat, and I'm like, no, I never. It was a one off. Please forgive me, but no, <laughs> that, I think that is good. that is the kind of thing, Sonny, that would make me not allow you to watch Spurs games anymore. <laughs> like if you turn the you turn the game on and suddenly we can see two, it's definitely your fault. Okay, moving <laughs> on. Obviously, got to talk about Sergio Reguilon. Is uh, seems like he's completed his move on loan to Brentford. I feel like Sergio is in a strange place for his career. He actually did pretty well at Man United. I know a lot of Man United fans and they're pretty happy with him he's definitely always a willing player and a willing runner but kind of falls a bit short in the final third what do you think is likely from Reguillon at Brentford and then realistically in the summer when I assume we'll be looking to move him on yeah I mean I was surprised in the uh, Brentford announcement that there wasn't an option or an obligation to buy whatsoever because I don't see him having a future at the club mm-hmm. which is a shame because when we bought him I remember a lot of people saying because Real Madrid had some of the well probably still do have a buyback, have a buyback. I, was like, mm-hmm. I got a bit scared about that I was thinking oh no we don't want this player to be taken back and I think he had a good start to his life at Tottenham but then again we seem to have this influx of full backs and not knowing what you know going from back four to back three to back four again um, and he's just fallen by the wayside he played a lot more minutes than I thought he would at, um, United, at Manchester yeah. United and even I was speaking to Mark Goldbridge recently for TalkSport and he was ranking all of um, all of Eric Ten Hag's signings and he put Reguillon quite high out of the 16 but then when you actually match up against some of the other signings Man United have made it makes a lot of sense. I think Brentford is a good move for him. They're having a tricky season, obviously, without Ivan Tony, but they haven't got Rico Henry. Yeah, who I really rate as well. He's he's excellent, Rico Henry, I think. He'll be good. So I think Reguillon could slot in in that position for the time being. But it's just a shame. I, I feel like you might agree with me, Barnaby. It's a shame that this player didn't come to fruition, but we now have Destiny Adogi. So I, I think most of the fan base will not mind. Yeah, it's levels. And I think he, kind of along with Dyer, in fact, potentially two of the main players to have suffered from Ange coming in and this style of play. And it just not hit not just being not quite having the attributes required for a fullback with Ange Ball. And actually with the rumors this week that um Sessignon has been told he can leave as well. I think it'll be really interesting in the summer to see if they look to bring another fullback in on the left who maybe can can play inverted a bit better as well to cover for a doggy. Um, because we're obviously going to have European games. I say obviously, but I assume we're going to have European <laughs> games. Fuck it, I'll say it. We're definitely going to have Champions <laughs> League games uh, next next season. Um, Alfie. D- hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. 
So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. Vine has been recalled from his loan deal at Port Vale, where the Port Vale fans love him so much that he had to do a, a goodbye video to them, like uh, Eric Dyer style. Eight minutes long. Eight, Eight minutes, minutes long, long, longer it. than the Harry Kane goodbye <laughs> video that we got. Uh, and he has quickly been moved to Plymouth to join Ashley Phillips. And uh, from what I've read, the Plymouth manager has dealt with Alfie Devine in the England age groups and stuff like that. From the sense I get is that within the club, there are great hopes for Alfie Devine. And the little I've seen him, he does look like a really good young prospect. Uh, this just makes sense, doesn't it? Yeah, I think, you know, you mentioned it there, Plymouth and Tottenham seem to be getting a little bit of a relationship going with Ashley Phillips and Alfie Devine both going there. And it's just great to see on the whole. I think, you know, I hate bringing them up, but under Jose and Conte, we were not seeing youth players come through. We were not seeing them loaned out properly unless they were just like wasteful loans and just like, well, you know, you's here, go out and just mm-hmm. get some minutes, but you're not going to have a future at the moment. But it's good to see a player like Devine, you know, starring so well in Port Vale's run. I think they went on a good run in the Carabao Cup. Yeah. Um, sadly got knocked out of that. But yeah, I think Plymouth's a good step, a league up, um, even though it's a league down from the Premier League. I think that would be good. Maybe Devine could look at getting some minutes in and around the first team for next season, or maybe a Premier League loan would be good for him as well. But, you know, thinking of, you know, Don Lee has been in and around the first team. Um, uh, Yayo Santiago was on the yeah. bench at the weekend, mm-hmm. to name a few. Um and Alfie Dorrington as well. I don't. I, I didn't want to forget certain individuals. But yeah, I feel like Tottenham love having you know one of their own. You know, Harry Kane was one of our own. Ollie Skip has still been around as one of our own. He's you know he is still a fan favorite, even though I still think he you know sometimes he can have a good game, sometimes he can have a bad game. But I still feel like you know he shows grit and determination, which is what a Spurs fan has. Yeah. yeah. So I I really want Alfie Devine to you know crack on now and become. You know, if he can become a first team regular in the next three to four years, I think the fan base will be happy with that one. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, yeah, he just looks, he looks really talented. And of course, Ashley Phillips had a good game in his first game for uh, Plymouth Got Man of the Match at the weekend. Mm. Um, and they're kind of fighting down, down at the bottom of the championship. It's, I think it's really good news where we've had quite a lot of loan deals over the years. You alluded to this, but even at the moment at Augsburg with Tanganga, where players aren't getting minutes or uh, aren't really enjoying it over there. It's really good news that Alfie Devine kind of went to League One, really kind of knuckled down, became a fan favourite. And now he can go to Plymouth with confidence. And if he can get in the team there, then absolutely. There's no reason why in pre-season I can't see him getting loads of minutes and try and impress Ange some more. Uh, Now I want to come into something that's not necessarily a Spurs rumour, but I wonder whether it could be a Spurs rumour, which is even Tony has done an interview and Mm. he's come out today and he's said that... uh, you know, some are saying quite disre- disrespectfully, considering he hasn't played for eight months and got done for uh, for gambling, uh, that he wants to join a top club. And it, he says, you know, it might be this January, it might not, but he wants to be up there challenging for titles and stuff like that, is what he said, which I assume he means <laughs> kind of top four. I wondered whether you, Sonny, would be interested in, in pushing towards the, the kind of 60 million quid that I reckon it would take to get Ivan Tony away from Brentford. I just think the striker market at the moment is quite baffling. It's the reason we've gone in for Timo Werner for the time being, because it's a cheaper option. It's a sensible option, you could say. You know, when we're talking about the modern striker, you're looking at 
um, you're looking at Tony's available, Victor Ozymen's available, mm-hmm. but you're looking at 100 million for him and mm-hmm. a Real Madrid potential signing or Chelsea if they want to go in for him. And even like I've touted on my channel sometimes, uh, if we couldn't get Tony, Dominic Solanke. But with his form, you're probably looking at a 40 to 50 million pound player. Oh yeah. Even though he's had one one good season under his belt or this season so yeah. far. He could be and Michael Ricketts. Were... He could be Michael Bridges. He could thing. be a one season guy. That's the problem. And I think he's got the potential because he's showing it under a better attacking coach in Iriola. But with Tony, I mean, you'd like to test uh Brentford's resolve on him and see if see if you could get him out of there. But it seems to be I don't know if it's a media thing, but it seems to be Arsenal are the ones who are the favourites of the front runners, whether it's you know, someone like Piers Morgan talking about him or, you know, Alan Pardew seems to be all touting him in that direction because they desperately need a striker. But, you know, if, if the season carries on and, you know, people, Gary Neville at the weekend saying that we're in the title race and could we finish above Liverpool or um, Arsenal, then mm. maybe maybe he could end up at us. But I don't know. It depends on... There's a lot of situations that have to happen. I think we have to see what happens with Werner, is Richarlison in a purple patch or is he actually the man to lead Spurs' line for years to come? But I said this on a video ages ago. I dread to think, you know, if you had Ivan Tony with Kulisevsky, Madison, Bentoncourt all whipping balls into him, he'd be the perfect hold-up play, aerially, ball to feet, everything. He would be fantastic. And, you know, not many people could replace Harry Kane, but he could come somewhat of the way. Is there an element, I don't know if you saw this today, that... Um... One of the journos has come out and said that Man City's Man City have been told that their kind of um, investigation is is going to be a bit sooner than they thought um, because mm. it was touted for the end of next year. But I saw something. I don't know how much. I don't know what tier yeah. it is. But I don't. But <laughs> that maybe it might be quicker. Is there any chance that Daniel Levy thinks, huh? If that happens in the next couple of months and they suddenly get uh, you know a fifty point deduction. There really is a Premier League title to be scrapped for. At which point he might think, oh, "Should I open my purse strings? I'm the only, I'm the only uh, chairman in the country right now, or in the Premier League, able to spend any money. Should I open my purse strings for a little fifty-five million pound bid for even Tony?" I mean, I'd love, to, I'd love that to happen, Barnaby. But you know, this is <laughs> Daniel Levy we are talking about. Even though I've probably sung a bit of his praises this video, I've gone but... too far, Sonny. I've gone too far. I've got too excited. That's the thing. He, I mean, there's all talk about midfielders. Connor Gallagher, I've just um, saw your video went up. I was watching that before I joined. Um, some really interesting Thank points you. there. And I just think it depends where, like, because even in the summer, and I've seen a lot of people talking about this, we've now, going a bit off topic, we've now sorted our defence for a good couple of years to come. In yeah. the summer, there isn't there isn't much surgery that needs doing. Maybe a few positions need backing, like you mentioned the fullbacks there. Mm-hmm. Um and like, you know, for some squad depth, but, or you just go all in and sign a statement signing. You see Arsenal put a hundred million down for yeah. Rice. Mm. Why can't we then, you know, if we're so profitable and, you know, one of the bigger clubs when it comes to money in the Premier League, why can't we, you know, throw our weight around a bit? It would be, you know, it'd be a sign of intent, you know, back this manager, back this project and get someone like Tony in. I mean, oh, you're making me dream now. That's the, that's the worst <laughs> thing. <laughs> uh, well, I'll, I'll finish I'll finish the Ivan Tony link that I've created with this question. Mm. Um, if Ivan Tony did come into Spurs, would he go in straight in as the nine ahead of Richarlison? Despite the fact Richarlison scored seven and seven, seven and six or seven and seven or whatever it is. 
Uh, I mean, obviously, Ivan Tony hasn't played for a couple of months due to his betting scandal, so you wonder how he would be. But to to me, Tony seemed like one of those players where, you know, I could imagine during COVID he was like the professional and always training and, you know, with a lack of minutes or stuff like that. So I could imagine he, as soon as he yeah, starts again fit. for Brentford, he's going to be a duck to Woolworth again. I believe mm. he'll, you know, yeah, I mean, Brentford will he is because they've got a severe lack of goals with Mbuemo and Vissa missing the last couple of weeks. Um so yeah, I mean, I, I, you're I sitting on the fence, honey. Would you would you pick know, him over Richarlison? Yes, I'm going to have to say yes because you know Richarlison, even though at the weekend he had one of his better games he in the Spurs game, yeah. in in general, I feel like there's still so many people who say when he's through on goal, Kane would have scored that, or even when Werner was at the back post, Kane would have been there. Like, but, the, but that, Tony that's because is we are. That, sorry to interrupt, but that's because we are completely uh-huh. entitled because we've had a decade of Harry Kane. We don't know, basically, us and Liverpool with Salah, really, other than mm. everybody else, uh, everybody else doesn't know what it's like to be as entitled as we have been where we've had an absolutely elite finisher for the last 10 years and we're just getting used to it. The reality is um, Richarlison is just missing the chances that most strikers tend to miss quite regularly, in my opinion. And I think mm. he's, I think he's done well since he's had that little bit of surgery. And uh, I, I definitely still think there's a, a long-term future for Richarlison. And the good thing for Richarlison, and it suits Ange Ball, is that he can play on the left as well. I think Ange really likes okay. players who are who are versatile. Just before I let you leave, Sonny, just a couple of links to talk about. This Jao Gomez from Wolves one doesn't seem to go away. I think that might be because Wolves might need to have another look at selling a player for the kind of financial side of things. Uh, and there's a little link I saw with a, a real Sociedad attacking midfielder and a Berentezia. I don't know how to pronounce it, but I've had a little look at him. Kind of looks like a dribbly winger. When I listen to um, the extra inch, Nathan's always talking about how we need a dribbly winger. And he's a Mm. a kind of left-sided Brazilian uh, 22-year-old who Arsenal are also interested in. So just to kind of ask you more than anything, do you envisage us getting anyone else through the door by the end of January? At the moment, these links don't seem as solid as, you know, Werner happened in a couple of days. And Dragerson was completed quite quickly. A little bit, you know, it was dragged out a bit for Dragerson. Uh, but that was because Bayern sort of came in, didn't they? But midfielder news doesn't seem to be going away. I think a winger now will be explored in the summer. You know, we were linked with Antonio Nusa from Bruges. We were linked with Santiago Jimenez. I think some of these players are hard to get out mid-season. You know, you look at Feyenoord, they're absolutely thriving in the Eredivisie. But, you know, with the players you mentioned there, I think Xiao Gomez looks like a top talent. I think he is like the third highest tackler in the league mm. behind like, I think Pedro Poro's up there as well. And and people say he's not good defensively, Tim yeah. Sherwood. And uh, obviously, Jao Polina as well. He's, um, you know, Portugal international teammate. So, I mean, I like the idea of him because apart from, I, apart from Saar, I think, you know, at the weekend against Manchester United, we saw there was a severe lack of, you know, of a Saar sort yeah. of player. Like yeah. he was sort of there to, you know, do, do the dirty work. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. But to answer that question completely, I don't think anything will happen unless we sell. And I, d- I don't think we're going to sell the likes of Hoybier, for example, because he's the key name he keeps being linked away until the summer. So I could imagine it just, I think we've done the business that we needed to do. Mm-hmm. Anything else now would be quite nice. And I think Ange and Levy and Johan Lang are probably now preparing for the summer, even though it yeah. seems like ages away. You might be right. You might be right. I guess it might come down to whether let's say Juventus are willing to stump up 20-odd mil for Hoiberg, in which case maybe then they'd look at it, is it worth pushing the boat out for a Gallagher or Mm. for a Gomez Mm. at that point? Okay, just finally, before we leave, 
uh, Ibasuma's got malaria. I mean, to be honest, is there was the it was the only thing missing from our kind of operation <laughs> style. Sick list. <laughs> yeah, sick list this season. Bring Darren Anderson back, add him in there as well. Um, I don't know what your uh, medical qualifications are like. How long can you get over malaria in these days? He only played 50-odd minutes in there in Mali's opener, didn't he? Well, when I think of malaria, I just think of, do you remember when Cheryl Cole had it a, a, a few, like, uh, 10 years ago? I actually don't, so. and I usually pride myself on my uh, girls' allowed knowledge. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I'm, I'm not sure, what, uh, you know, the situation with this. Apparently, it's not as bad as people first fault but yeah as you say it seems like we've had every injury under the book you know even like Kulisevsky was ill the other day Skip had a bug like it seems to just be you know whatever gets thrown at Tottenham we just we seem to be getting through it though so we bounce well. off it as long as he doesn't bring his malaria back from the African Cup of Nations <laughs> and uh, stop infect, our title charge exactly infect everyone else Sonny thank you so much for coming on the show let the audience know thank where you. they can come and subscribe to your content mate Yes, Sunny Talk Spurs on YouTube and Sunny Snelling on all my socials. Got videos pretty much every other day. You can become a member on my channel now as well. Get an exclusive podcast that I've called Nice One Sunny because you can see what I've done there. Yeah, but yeah come out and check it. Lots of good content. You know, what a good season to be involved with Tottenham. Exactly. Guys, make sure you do that. And also, you can also be a member of my channels. You can join Patreon or you can be a member on our YouTube, uh, which is called the Spurred on Pro membership. It's only a pound a month. You get some nice extras like uh, early videos, guaranteed comment replies and members only Q&A and live shows, etc, etc. So find your way to the description box to work out how to do that. Uh, I really appreciate all of your support. Thanks so much for watching. Do press that subscribe button if you're on YouTube or go over to the podcast platform, Spotify or Apple Podcasts and press subscribe or follow. But most importantly, come on you Spurs. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most. But if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com.